God's people, on today's show, I give a call to Ebony Jean to tell you her alopecia story. This is an emotional story about the confessions of a bald girl. That's right, you heard me clearly, the confessions of a bald girl. I encourage you to follow her at Ebony Jean on social media and also share this show. You can also find us on YouTube by typing in Inspire God's People, Google Inspire God's People, and sit back, relax, and enjoy this enjoy inspiration. The inspiration. The inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. Inspire God's People, My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. God's people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Today's show is about to bless you like never before. Uh, we have a vulnerable, a inspirational, an emotional, a touching story of faith um, that is going to bless you. Um, I'm calling Miss Ebony Jean to give her alopecia story. Um, and if you listen to it, man, you know, you are really going to be able to grab something from this show, whether you have struggled, um, with something similar to this, or if you've ever had an insecurity due to your physical appearance, um, or, you know, someone like that, it's going to bless you. And I encourage you, like I do every week, share this show with somebody. I like the reason you need to share it is because these, like this content is literally created to change lives. It's not created for gossip. It's not trendy. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it's, it's, it's not about going viral. It's literally about changing lives. So if you know someone and you sitting there, you like, you know what? I share memes all day. I share TV shows. I tell Facebook what I'm watching and tell them all my business. Well, tell them about purpose and share this show. And... Go to inspireguyspeople.com. You can click the drop-down link and go to podcast, and you can listen to every single episode that we ever created down from episode one. And I promise you, it's an amazing journey to get here, and we're still growing. So I thank God. Keep me in y'all prayers. Listen, man, I ain't wasting no time with what God told me to do during this time, inspire his people. It's what I've been doing, what I'm going to keep doing. and Look, I'll tell y'all this much, though. I do have some new music dropping. Hopefully by the top of May, we are almost done with the project. I told y'all I was not leaving this pandemic empty-handed. And I got music. We did the website. The show is still cranking out. The show is growing, getting better, more people listening. You know what I'm saying? Keep sharing the show. Keep talking about it. And today, just be ready to be blessed, man. That's all I ask you to do. If you don't like this show, just act like you like it. Hello. Ebony Jean, what's up? How you doing? It's Jay Will. What's going on, bro? I'm I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing 
Excellent. Welcome to Inspire Guys People, the podcast. I am super excited to have you on this show today. So hopefully you are feeling good and you're ready to chop it up. Thank you so much for having me. I am looking forward to this. Let's do it. All right, bet, bet. So, all right, man, you know, I, I like to allow the audience to know a little bit about you before we get into your story. And I know for you, your story started fairly early in your life. So I don't know if that's going to be doable or not for you to kind of give us a snapshot of who you are or who you were before you started um, walking down this certain path of your life or what we'll talk about today. Okay. Uh, My name is Ebony Jean. That's what people know me as on social media. That's my true government name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am 29 years of age. I'll be 30 later this year. And I was diagnosed with alopecia universalis at the early age of four. Um, There are different levels to alopecia. So the stage that I have is alopecia universalis, which means complete scalp and body hair loss. So throughout the past 25 years, I've dealt with a lot of issues regarding fallouts and growbacks. Hair loss is very uncontrollable, and alopecia is an unpredictable disorder to deal with. There is no cure for it, unfortunately. Doctors are still doing research to date, trying to figure out exactly what the cause of alopecia is. So dealing with it from childhood up has been very frustrating for my family and I. Now I am a beauty influencer for the alopecia community, as well as in uh, legislative liaison for uh, the National Alopecia Areata Foundation. So I have been traveling throughout the country for the past four years, working with legislators on Capitol Hill to benefit hair loss patients and helping get a bill passed because there's issues surrounding this topic still and people seldom we talk about alopecia. So it is an honor to stand in the gap for my community. Man, that is amazing. So you're doing a lot of dope stuff. And so what I want to try to do is... You know, let's, you know, you kind of told us everything you're doing now. So let's go back to the beginning and we'll start filling in the blanks because like you okay. said, this diagnosis happened so early for you at four years old that really it's almost like at the very beginning of your life. You know what I mean? I would imagine that is right. almost all you know, but I'm pretty sure. And I, you know, I know a little bit of your story, so I'm pretty sure that it took a journey for you to get to being a beauty influencer um, when you have struggled with something that is largely based around physical appearance, especially I can imagine as a woman, you know what I mean? And so let's talk about like what those early years, um, as much as you feel comfortable sharing with the audience, what were those early years? Like take us to the beginning of the diagnosis and some of like what, you know, what's going on with you and like you mentioned, it's, it's not just you going through this, but your family. You know, what what was that like, especially being so young? Absolutely. Okay, so I was at home with my mom one day when she discovered the patches. And as she was combing my hair, she discovered that clumps of it were coming out on its own. 
So she called my doctor and explained what was happening. She took me to the hospital, had several tests run, and when the results came back, it was positive for alopecia universalist. Um, the definition for alopecia in general is patchy baldness, and that's when you lose your hair in clumps. So throughout my youth, I have watched my hair fall out and grow back for so many years. And my mother was a single mom of two daughters at the time. So this was her first time ever dealing with something of this magnitude. And we come from a strong Christian-based household. So she definitely had faith that God was going to carry us through this difficult situation. And I also had a praying grandmother, may God rest her soul. She definitely aided in caring for me, encouraging my mom, and just making sure that we had everything that was needed. So uh, coming throughout grade school was very difficult because you've dealt with the elements of bullying and teasing. And then you had educators giving me a hard time. My mom had to make several trips to my school explaining to the teachers and principals what alopecia is, how it affects her as a parent, and what they can do to accommodate me as a student so that I can get my education just like everyone else. I faced a lot of discrimination, not just for my skin color, but because of my appearance. And with these schools, I have a huge issue because they always go by the dress code. They say, well, you can't wear hats in school. When my hair started falling out, my mom used to make hats for me to wear, and I had some that matched every outfit that I owned. So um, I, I was very stylish. <laughs> but throughout grade, thank you, throughout grade school, um, kids were very mean to me. They teased me and called me all types of names. And it even gotten so bad. It had gotten so bad to the point where two boys snatched off my hat while riding home on the school bus. Wow. I was just six years old at the time, and I was sitting by myself. I remember these two boys, and I believe they were African-American, so they were sitting behind me, and I kept hearing whispers of snatch her head off. I was already self-conscious mm. as is. I didn't know what was about to happen, so I just stayed to myself. was very quiet. The bus driver didn't even get down the street far enough. Uh, uh, for these boys to snatch off my hat. And next thing you know, they're tossing it around our section like it's a ball, and I'm kindly asking them, can you please give my hat back? And they said no. So my hat eventually got to the front of the bus, and the bus driver already knew what was going on with me, but everyone, all the kids were laughing from left to right, and I just covered my head uh, with my hands. I asked her, Please stop the bus. So she pulled it over, got the kids to quiet down, and I explained what was going on with me. I said, how would you feel if you lost your hair? How would you feel if that was your friend or if that was someone in your family? What I'm going through right now, I can't help it. What was the the driver's response to that? She cried. You said that? Yes, her. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say she did what? She cried because she she, um, knew what was going on with me. My mom explained it to her prior to the school year starting. And so when I looked at her, her eyes welled up with tears just like mine. And I remember her eyes were super red. I said, can you please stop the bus? Wow. 
Wow. So she pulled it over. I I remember the exact location of where she pulled the bus over. And Man. she got the kids to quiet down. And I just explained to them, you know, how would you feel if you lost your hair once again? And after I said my piece, the bus was dead silent until they got to my house. One of my classmates who was a friend of mine held me in her arms while I cried until I got home. So my mom... Uh, got full understanding of the situation and that's when I stopped riding the bus. Wow. So I want to, I want to go back to something because, you know, there, there was a lot of good things. I think, you know, lessons and, and it, obviously emotional um, situations for you at the time, but looking back on it, the, the first thing I want to ask about is you mentioned that the educators, so the teachers were treating you differently because of your situation, not just the students. Yes, teachers were giving me very a very difficult time, and they tried a multiplicity of occasions to send me home. They tried suspending me because I wore hats to cover my head and hats were against the dress code. They affiliated me with being a part of a gang and just all That's... types of ignorant statements. So that is... my mom... Ah, go ahead. I'm sorry. That just, that just no, makes me mad. Fine. That just makes me so mad because when people are like so caught up on rules to where they mm -hmm. ignore reality or unique situations, that really bothers me. It's like in a situation like yours, of course, the letter of the law wasn't written for that situation. And I think, you right. know, we should be mindful of that. Like, when you're holding someone to a standard, but they literally can't do anything about it. And then you, especially being like the teacher, the principal, whoever, the leadership, it's really your job to make sure not just that the group is okay, but that individuals are okay. So, you know, that just bothers me mm -hmm. so much to know that like you have this situation where like you said, you're self-conscious, rightfully so. We all would be. Um, I mean, LeBron James don't, don't go nowhere without a hat or a do-rag on. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. if you just think about that, like any anyone can be insecure, no matter how much money you have or don't have or how famous you are or aren't, when you have something that that's that close. And you were young, right? Being that young, dealing mm -hmm. with that, um, it just seems like they should have been more so trying to protect you. And I would imagine, like, you know, to your point of telling that story, that it was pretty tough early on, um, you know, trying to go out and explain your situation to people because there's not a lot of awareness around it. And I'm sure it was even worse back then. It was a lot worse back then because a lot of people didn't know what alopecia was. And I come from a small town, so it's it's it has that magnitude where everyone knows everyone. So everyone knows my family. Like if you grew up where I live, then you know who my mom is. You knew who my grandmother was, and everyone all throughout the city, even my church, has questioned what's wrong with her, what's going on with her, and and this is just teachers, from looking at you. This just from looking at me. Yep, just from looking at me. Um, a lot of a lot of adults mistreated me because they failed to understand the problem. 
And that's what makes me upset, especially with these educators, because one thing about it, you're going to come across children from all walks of life. And I've talked about this in my alopecia story on YouTube. You have to, if you're that concerned about the child's appearance, have a conversation with the parent or the parent. Yeah. Um, give them a call, set up a conference, ask them, you know, what's going on with them. I've noticed that they wear hats or your daughter wears a wig. I want to know, is there anything that I need to know about them so that I can better assist them? I've met some some educated fools over the years, and I know that we talk about this in church, but I've met some educated fools, meaning no matter yeah. how many degrees you have, no matter how many certifications you hold under your belt, you're ignorant to reality and what's going on around you. Yeah, and so, arrogant as well and prideful. And and a lot of that, yes. and especially as believers, we have to be mindful. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this show and, and, you know, we'll obviously we're going to keep digging into your story, but I, I like to pull out the principles mm-hmm. as we're talking through. And one of the things this just makes me think about that is a universal principle that we should have as believers. And you would think it's so simple. It's like, don't look at someone and judge them based on what they look like, especially when you right. don't have perspective behind what you see. And I think mm-hmm. that's such a huge problem for so many of us is we try to live our lives through our sight. And when you just think about the essence of even being a believer, it's, it's about faith. Our entire, you know, faith is about what we can't see, the evidence of things not seen. Yet we that's live right. our lives judging people so strongly only on what we see. And even if a person, even if what you see physically, even with, Okay, if someone drives up in in the nicest car, right? A lot of times those right. nice physical things can be such distractions from who people really are on the inside. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all right, I want to get back to your story. Right, I'm sorry. I, I go off on these little tangents. I apologize, but it's just such an amazing I don't want people to miss some of the some of the lessons that we can learn and apply not just to um being aware about your personal situation but things that can transfer into other areas of life. But so you're on this bus and you, and you get home and and, and here's the other thing. Like your mother made these hats. Your mom, if you could just for a quick second, talk about your mom and the role that she played um, in helping you develop and become who you are today. Because it sounds like just from hearing your story. And of course I've watched your story on your YouTube page as well. um, you, Mm -hmm. You speak so highly of your mom. And it sounds like she was doing absolutely everything that she could to put you in the best situation possible, considering what you were going through. So can you talk about her for a second? Absolutely. My mom is my heart. She means the world to me. And just looking back over the years of how she cared for me, taking time out, um, you know, since working a third shift job, and then making these hats for me over the years, like, I tear up just talking about her because she holds such an amazing amount of strength. She is also a veteran of the United States. So um, just the level of strength that she holds as well as being a woman of God, I appreciate her remaining so positive. And she did her best not to cry in front of me because she couldn't make this 
pain go away. She couldn't make my hair grow back. But I love saying this. I honestly believe that God gave her special instructions on how to take care of me because she didn't know what to do. And she's done a phenomenal job with me. To, To this day, I tell her thank you because she's made so many sacrifices with her being um, number one, a single mother, two, a single black mom. Yeah. And you know that as black women, we go through a lot of struggles in life. But for her to raise me the way that she has and then keeping me, you know, in church and next to dealing with alopecia, I've dealt with other autoimmune diseases. diseases. So I was in and out of hospitals and, and she's always had someone praying for me. She always prays for me. And it's, it's just something that I will forever cherish. I appreciate her. I love and I honor her. I love her. No, that, that, that is, that's amazing. And, and I think that's, you know, important to say because, you know, I don't have children, but, you know, as parents, you know, so much of who a child becomes is based on who you are. You know, and and the good thing in life is that we're not always limited to becoming who our parents are, right? If our parents had limitations or they weren't the best, but they have such an impression on us. The Bible specifically says, train up a child in the way in which they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. And one of the things I like about that is because in order to train up a child in the way they should go, it means that you have to know first which way you want to train them. And your mom, I could just tell from the way you talk about her, you know, regardless of what y'all were dealing with. And she might not have always known in the moment, because sometimes by faith, we're just figuring it out. But it seems like she knew the type of person that she wanted you to be. And, you know, I'm so intrigued by people's stories. Right. And when I'm listening to people's stories, one of the things that's always amazing to me is like, man this person could have gone another way. Like, and nobody would have been mad. People would have understood if you just went the other way. But like you said, because of your mom, it it kept you on this path. So you kind of started talking about, hey, your mom made you these hats. And then, you know, you said she started making you some wigs. So tell us about that experience, right? Because you you lose your hair. Now you have Mm -hmm. to start wearing these wigs and I'm sure there's some type of uncomfort um, or self-consciousness around, you know, having to wear these wigs. So can you take us through that part of your story? Just the part where you're now, you're now dealing with this, but, and and then you're trying to adapt and, and make things work the best you can while also probably dealing with some insecurities in the midst of it. Yes. The last time my hair fell out was at the age of nine. I was in the fifth grade. And I remember distinctly my mom was uh, combing my hair, getting me ready for the next school day. And so as she was brushing it up, she noticed that patches were forming again. So she showed me and took me in the bathroom. My eldest sister was in there getting ready for school at the moment. And so I stood there watching my mom cut all of my hair off. It's not that she wanted to. She didn't have a choice. 
because one thing about alopecia, once the patches begin to form, it's very progressive. It's aggressive. Mm -hmm. And you can't control it. So when she got to that last strand, I cried myself to sleep that night, and she hugged me. But I remember just laying in my bed asking God, why me? Why do I have to put up with this? Yeah. And as I remember in my video, I said, I don't remember if she stayed up the whole night making my wig, but I do recall going to school wearing it. And there, um, it was a headband wig. In fact, headband wigs weren't even on the market yet. Now wow. they are in hair stores throughout the country, <laughs> which is so crazy because back in the day, we, we couldn't find them anywhere. And, with the town that I come from, our supply is very limited. So we have to travel at least 35 to 40 minutes in order to find a decent wig. Exactly. So once I showed up to school with my wig, everyone laughed at me. Like my class was in such an uproar. It took my teacher having to calm everyone down. And it was bad enough that I had to walk past them just to get to my feet on the other side of the class. So I had a horrible day. In fact, I had a terrible rest of that school year because kids kept asking every two seconds, what's wrong with you? Why did your hair look like that? Um, They called me names like Weezy Wonder, just being very rude. And I I didn't know how I was going to get through the rest of that school year, school year, excuse me, let alone uh, going into middle school. So I've dealt with bullying all throughout grade school. It stopped once I reached middle school, but that's when the cancer rumors picked up. Oh, wow. So, okay. So again, now we're back to like people looking at you and they're trying to figure it out. And then people start to like, man, I just look if anyone who's listening today, I want them to be able to take this. And if it, from myself to anybody like we need to stop trying to look at people and think we have them figured out. Like I tell people all the time, look, Mm -hmm. you can look at me and think, you know, me because of social media or because you saw me, but you don't know someone Mm -hmm. until you know them. And, and thank God, thank God that the Lord doesn't have respect of persons and that he doesn't judge us based on reputations and superficial things. But So you got this situation Mm -hmm. where people are now looking at you and then now they are assuming, oh, she must have cancer. Like, what was that like to to be going through this where people already don't understand what you're going through? But then on top of that, they're trying to diagnose you with something else. And I'm I'm just trying to figure out, like, as a student in school, right, like. How are you receiving and adapting to all this new information? When they started throwing out the cancer rumors, what was your reaction to that? I was very frail. I wanted to yell. I wanted to scream. I wanted to, let's just be frank, because I haven't been saved all my life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wanted to fight these kids. Yeah. Because... It was very stressful for me having to explain I don't have cancer. And they're like, okay, well, what is it? Because all we know is that cancer causes hair loss. In fact, 
I'm going to pause right here and explain to the listeners right now, cancer and alopecia have no correlation. So if you thought about that up until now, the answer is cancer is not related to alopecia. In fact, the disease by itself doesn't cause hair loss. It's the medicine and chemotherapy. Because once those chemicals are released throughout your body, they begin to attack the hair follicles. And so that's what alopecia did. Like, although there wasn't any um, certain medicines that made my hair fall out, thankfully, it's just an internal disorder that we have to deal with. Right. So I've dealt with those cancer rumors from middle to high school, and kids have talked about me, mistreated me. Even after explaining a few times, they still didn't believe me. So they isolated me, um, again, called me names. And I went home crying every so often. I fell into depression all of the time because I didn't have a lot of friends. That was, Kids knew me. Yeah, that was what I wanted to ask you next was like, what was it like making friends? Did, I, I know you said you didn't have a lot, but did you have like, you know, along the way, were there was there anyone? It seems like there would have been that one kid in the class or the school, you know, who saw you and who empathized and, 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 and saw you maybe for who you were. Did you have, you know, that one person um, in your corner that, that took up for you or, or, you know, was it, maybe it was different being from a small town as well. Um, just not mm-hmm. having as many um, people or the, the the diversity and the types of people necessarily, but, I guess I'm just curious, was there ever that person that kind of took a liking to you and became kind of a best friend and protected you? I did. I had some best friends over the years, and there was one girl in particular. She is a close family friend of mine, and she's a year younger than me. I remember uh, going back to the second grade now. She knew how bad kids were teasing me. She started fighting these kids and got suspended on my behalf. Wow. So every- <laughs> She a real one. She but, is a real one, right? flat out. I'm not even mad about it. Like, that's a real <laughs> friend right there. A real friend, indeed. I love her to this day. And she follows me on social media. I like to keep her updated on everything that's going on in my life. And uh, she's married now, has a beautiful family. I love her so much. Thank God for people like her. Yes. We all need that. We need that sometimes, man. Like people to see us for who we are in in ways where we can't defend ourselves or not strong enough in the moment, you know, to speak up for us. And and everybody, I don't care who you are, at some point in your life, you have a weak moment. And you just straight up, like, you just need a friend. And that's, you know, one of the things that kind of bothers me in the day and age that we live in is like, you know, I think about when I was in high school, right? Like when I was in high school mm-hmm. there, you know, I kind of came up when social media was just starting, you know, when I got in college and okay, when I look, so when I look back to high school, it's kind of like, we didn't have virtual friends. Yeah. Like you legit mm-hmm. just had what you had, but now that I have virtual friends, I can have 20,000 friends, quote unquote, but be in a time of need and have nobody to call. And so it's, 
it's such an interesting time. So no, but shout out to her for being that type of friend that you can kind of, you know, kind of lean on. So, you know, you're, you're in school, you, you know, you have a friend that's kind of taken up for you and I'm sure you, you know, have had ups and downs, you know, what was, and you mentioned, this is something I wanted to talk about because you kind of mentioned you were always stylish, right? And I'm sure right now you're being a beauty influencer. I'm sure your natural sense of style had something to do with getting you there. So can you share like, where did that sense of style come from? And was that ever kind of an expression for you um, of peace? And I'm asking that because I'm a person that creates a lot of stuff and people don't realize when you're creating things or whether it's fashion or music and videos or even this podcast, producing this every week, I'm creating, it's a sense of peace for me because it's expression. So I'm curious in the role that fashion has played and if it helped you at all um, along the way, kind of have some type of peace. Absolutely. So my love for fashion started when I was in the second grade. One thing about my mom, she always keeps her girls dress up. We have had some adorable outfits over the years, and this all ties back to her beginning my uh, hat, like my hat collection. So everyone all over town, whenever we were out or at church, they saw how beautiful and adorable that she had uh, made me look for that day. And with all the hats, I said, Ma, why did you begin making these hats for me? She said, not only was it stylish, it was therapeutic for her. That's dope. So I love the way that she, you know, meshed everything together. She made some of my outfits as well. But whenever we went to the stores and I was old enough to take on my own clothes, she let me wear different hats with them. And every time I went to school, all the kids complimented me. And that was honestly my way of letting them get to know me because they were so adamant on judging my appearance that they refused to get to know my character. So I I know there's a scripture in the Bible that says man looks at the outward appearance while God looks at the heart. And people refused to get to know me back then. So fashion became my outlet. It was my voice. I love anything colorful. I am a very flamboyant young lady. I love dressing and wearing things that are different that not everyone else can pull off. <laughs> um, I've had people tell me this over the years that you can wear stuff and put things together that nobody else can. And honestly, I pray God for that because fashion is a true gift. And everyone has the ability to express their individual personalities and allow others to get to know who they are. So fashion definitely became a gateway for me and blessed me to express my creativity. I love it. And and I asked that too because, you know, you, you said, I mean, you saying a, a lot of great things. Like actually this is you're you're really saying a lot of great things. That's why I keep going back to certain things. Um you, you talked about, you know, everyone was so fixated on your issue, right? Mm-hmm. That they couldn't see the real you. And I I just right. I think that we have to start being mindful of like taking the time to get to know someone. And that's why I said right. what I said about social media, because 
you know, it doesn't take a lot of effort for me to like a picture. You know, let's just be real. It doesn't even take a lot of effort to give someone a birthday shout out on social media. And I'm not saying right. any of that is wrong. But what I've even noticed is like in my life as social media has progressed, people are much more comfortable doing superficial social media things as if they're real things. But you can see somebody's pictures every day and not know them. So to your point, I guess I'm I'm kind of comparing your situation to when you look at someone on the surface and don't take the time to get to know them, you just become mm-hmm. fixated on the surface thing. And then you explore people later and realize like, yo, it was so much more to you. Like it was so much more to learn. And, and then I want to talk about the Bible verse that you brought up, right? Um, that is right. actually in first Samuel chapter 16. And this is, all right, so the context really in the situation is super important because God had called Samuel to go and anoint a new king, right? And so Mm -hmm. he just told him, go to Jesse's house. He goes to Jesse's house. Jesse got all these sons. And, you know, Jesse is bringing him the older boys, and and so he's going through son after son and Samuel like, mm, that's not like that's not him. But I know God told right. me to come here. And then so so Jesse was like, he like, is there another one? He like, I mean, the young dude in the field, I mean, that, the little boy, he can't be the king. And that was David. And so the, the scripture right. you're talking about is first Samuel 16 and seven. And it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature, because I've rejected Mm -hmm. him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so in that scenario, in that scripture, he's actually talking about Saul saying that he rejected him because it was time for a new king. And I guess my point with all of that is God sees us and he makes decisions about our purpose for so much more than our height or our hair or our skin. And sometimes, unfortunately, we can't see ourselves for who we are. And so I'm wondering, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone else was struggling to see the real you. Did you have any struggles with, you know, seeing value in yourself? And then if so, what was that journey like and what were the things that kind of happened to allow you to start, to start seeing value in yourself? I love that question because as I'm, as I'm traveling back for this story from middle to high school, I didn't think I was worth anything. I didn't think I was beautiful because kids have shunned me talked about me, isolated me so much. I was like, what is the reason for my existence? Wow. Although I grew up in church, I didn't get saved until I turned 17. So after high school, I graduated, went on to college and things like that. The Lord really began to deal with me about finding my identity in him. 
And although I displayed a level of confidence throughout my adolescence, on the inside, I was still broken. Mm. I was still depressed. And I kept masking that pain with a smile. Throughout high school, Mm. everyone always said, you're so positive and, you know, you just have such good energy. Now, that may be true on one account, but behind closed doors, I cried. And it was almost every single week. Like, I couldn't even fathom why I had to go through this once again, why people treated me the way they did. So one thing that kept my mind, and this is so important because dealing with alopecia, you have a lot of mental, psychological issues that tie into this. So it affects your mental health. Yeah. And throughout my adolescence, I've struggled trying to express myself because every time I opened my mouth in class, people would shut me down. So I did the best I could, but the Lord blessed me to maintain a level of academia where I stayed on the honor roll. So I was an excellent student. I was involved in extracurriculars. My mom got me involved over the years. And I was very grateful for those outlets because I needed something to do, like to channel that frustration or even yet to take my mind away from the pain and the uh, depression that comes with hair loss. So going back to when I gave my life to Christ, honestly, I didn't think about my alopecia too much until transferring to a university from a junior college. And I went to, uh, for those of you who are in Michigan, I went to Western Michigan University. And that is an hour and a half away from my uh, hometown. So I stayed on campus for a year. That was my first time ever away from home. And at that moment, my insecurities really heightened up. Wow. Because I saw all of these beautiful girls, and then they look a certain way. You see all the uh, popular guys, the fraternity boys, giving them this attention. And here I am trying to alter my appearance. I'm asking these questions to myself. How can I look like that? How can I look like her? Because (laughs) I wasn't happy with who I was. So I remember going back to my dorm one night after class, and I couldn't afford a new wig prior to the semester starting. My mom couldn't afford it, so I had to work with what I had. And as I was sitting in my dorm, I tried to, style the wig to see exactly what I could conjure up. So as I did that, I didn't come up with the style that I desired, got really frustrated, cried, and tossed it, took a nap. But then once I woke up, I went over to dinner. And upon traveling back to my dorm, I saw a sign in the student center for a fashion show upstairs. (laughs) And I was a fashion design major at the time, but I didn't know about the show. So God told me to go upstairs. And as I was sitting in the back, I seen a young lady from Detroit, and she was on stage showcasing her new line of wigs because she helps lupus patients and cancer patients. And I'm just sitting there in my seat. I said, Lord, I need that. So backstage after the show, I asked if I could speak to her. And so they allowed me to meet her. I shared my story. And she said, the wig that 
I was going to auction off for a lupus fundraiser, I'm going to give to you. Wow. I just teared up. Man. I said, are you serious? <laughs> it just blew my mind that God used her to help my problem because he knew I, how sad I was on that day. And he sent He knew you that there. I didn't have Yes, and he sent me there. The way that he orchestrated the whole situation was just beautiful. It was a nice, human-haired, sh uh, short, lace-front wig, and all my ladies know how expensive human-hair lace-fronts are. So <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> and I went back to my dorm, called my mom, and told her that I got some new hair. And it happened one week before my birthday. My birthday is in November. So that was a beautiful birthday present. Wow. You know what, too? Like, people don't realize, like, and this is why I'm so big on walking in your purpose and just doing, you know, whatever the Lord calls you to do in that moment. Because what mm -hmm. could be so small to you, you could literally bless someone's life to where they never forget it. And I, I have this kind of this thing where it's like, you know, you know, you've really said something to someone when you say something or do something that they will never forget. Because if you think about it, all of us right. have stories and we have these moments where people said or do, did something for us and we never forget what they are. And my whole thing right. is like, we need to make sure that those are very positive moments. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes people Absolutely. can say or do something negative to you. Like you talked about the boys that snatched um, your hat off on the bus, right? You never forgot that. Right. They, they took an opportunity and didn't realize that I'm about to do something that you're never going to forget. And they misused it. And sometimes I try to ask myself, like, if this person is never going to forget their encounter with me, what can mm -hmm. I do that makes them that that I want them to remember about me. And I just think it's so important for us as human right. beings and children of God to take those opportunities to bless people, to inspire people. And shout out to her because what she did um, was a huge blessing. But like you said, all of it, how God set it up, you saw this sign, you go there. Then, then even having the boldness to ask to talk to her at the end, that's something you could have ignored and missed out on a blessing for yourself, you know? And so, right now let me ask you this, um, because you've, you've mentioned a sister a couple times. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about your sister or no? Absolutely. She played a huge role in my upbringing. My mom has three daughters total. I am the middle child. Okay. Um, my oldest sister is six years older than me. So she has played a significant role in helping me guide through this alopecia journey. She was there for everything. She watched my hair fall out and grow back. She empathized with me. She stood up for me when people were mistreating me and everything else. Next to alopecia, I've also dealt with asthma attacks. Oh, so wow. if it weren't losing my if it wasn't losing my hair I was in the hospital for asthma if yeah. I wasn't in the hospital I was back at home recovering and she would watch me while our mom went to work 
And at the time, we lived with our grandmother, so she was also ha- having some health issues. It was really difficult because she was so young, and yeah. she didn't have all the answers. But I am so grateful for this girl because she is like a second mom to me. That's and amazing. I love how strong she is. Um, and just she's six just years older than you. So that means she's right. 10 when your diagnosis happened. Right. Yeah, yeah. she's seeing the diagnosis happen. Um, I remember at my open house after my high school graduation, she got up to speak. And I'm thinking that she's going to say something to embarrass me, but she didn't. And so she said, there was one point in life where I wanted a little sister. And mm-hmm. when Ebony came, <laughs> and she said, when Ebony came, and after uh, she came, she got really sick. And I thought I was going to lose, I thought I was going to lose her. I thought she was going to die. Oh, man. And that's another part of my testimony. Doctors told me that I would have been dead by the age of seven. Wow. Not from from alopecia. From asthma. And I've had different surgeries throughout my body. Um, I wasn't wasn't supposed to walk. I had surgery on my back. And doctors told me that if my mom didn't let me have that surgery, I will be disabled or in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. And then with my asthma attacks, people die from this stuff. So as a little girl, with my body being put that, uh, under that much stress, and I'm, I apologize for me stuttering, but I, I oh, just... take your time. Take your time. You, I mean, this is not... Look, take your time. This is not some made-up story. This is your life. And so I completely right. understand, and and that is what this is about. This isn't about us trying to sound perfect or having all of the answers. You know, you're a person that is coming on this show to talk to strangers, right? And and that mm-hmm. is a very vulnerable thing. And, and on top of like the fact that you're here. Here's the tough thing, and I, I want to say this, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything. But one of the tough things that I think people don't understand about what you've had to endure is that everyone can see your problem. And right. I always say I could relate it to like when a when a woman gets pregnant out of wedlock. It's a sin mm-hmm. that we can all see. So we all have an opinion on it. But there are so many sins or so many issues or insecurities that people get to hide. But you, it's it's almost right. like the most humbling thing ever to have to live out your insecurities in the public's eye. So, yeah, so no, I, I mean, I, I commend you for even being able to talk about it and, and thank God for your sister and the part that she played in it. And, and here's something, you know, because you went through more than I even knew. You know, I, I didn't know all of the, the other things. And... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I guess I'm curious to the sense of purpose behind all of this for you, because clearly God has a purpose for you. Clearly, there is a reason that you've gone through all this stuff and even more a reason that you have survived. And so I'm curious to know, like, you know, do you feel a sense of purpose? 
behind all of this? Um, and, and at what point did you start feeling a sense of purpose, if so? Indeed. I remember being at church one Sunday. For years, I have prayed for God to bring my hair back. Until one day, he told me to stop asking him. Wow. Normally, that is an answer that we don't look for because hmm. God said that, that his promises are yea and amen. However, in this particular situation, he said, don't ask me anymore. Man. I did not understand. I'm I'm like, what language is that? <laughs> I don't understand the word no. Right. <laughs> I don't understand no. It. Right. I'm not trying to hear it. So I want my hair back. Like, what's going on? But what really brought everything home for me was being in a relationship. Uh, this was a few years ago. And I did not get asked out growing up. So this was my very first relationship. This person and I were very good friends prior to dating. He already knew that I had alopecia. Mm -hmm. And I remember in the beginning of of our uh, dating stage, he asked if I could remove my wig. And I immediately broke down crying because I thought he was attacking me, but he was really just curious. And so gotcha. when you have alopecia, you have, you, you like, you put on this defense mechanism because you're used to people attacking you so much, you immediately have a crack back. Right. You think so, that they're attacking you, right? Yeah. That makes sense, though. Right. And I I was very defensive over the years. So, um, you know, I, I didn't say anything mean. He was like, if I offended you, I apologize. And I said, it's okay. Like, I'm I'm just not ready right now. So I never took off my wig during the relationship because I was afraid that he was going to lose interest. People already think that bald men and women are unattractive. They think that we cannot find love. They think we're not worthy of love because mm. we don't have hair. And I want to break that. And in fact, so many people have broken that stigma already. But in this relationship, everything was cool for a little while up until the end. I'm not going to go in contact with the situation, mm -hmm. but long story short, he did break up with me and said something very off. Yeah. He said, by the time I chose to be vulnerable with him, about my alopecia meeting, by the time I had gotten comfortable removing my wig mm -hmm. around him, that it was too late. Wow. I'm sorry you had to go I, through that. That 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 is very, very rough. You know, to, because thank you. I could imagine that it takes a lot to take these steps. And, and you know, I, right. I talk a lot on this show about a process, right? And that's mm -hmm. one of those examples to me where, you know, we all have a process and you can't just meet someone today and expect them to uncover themselves um, all of who they are. Right. And, and it is right. important. I think when you've gone through the things that you have, it's natural that you'll have defense mechanisms. And I think in some ways those defense mechanisms can protect us as well. They're not all bad. 
Um, right. But to have to go through that process and then get to the point where you're ready to be vulnerable just mm-hmm. to hear a person uh, be ungrateful about it. And I, I'm definitely sorry that you had to go through that. But I would I would even imagine Thank that you. that even that has some purpose behind it in the grand scheme of your story, even you being able to share it here. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, no, but I'll, I'll let you finish in, in, in talking about where, all, how, it, how all the purpose came. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that was just, yeah, that, that wasn't, I, I ain't feeling uh, that, that comment right there. I'm not either. You're, you're totally fine. It's okay. Um, everyone who knew that we were together and I explained what he said, they said, I've never heard of that in my life. And for a long time, he made me feel like I was the problem. Hmm. He made me feel like there was something wrong with me. He made me feel less than. He insulted my, number one, my intelligence. He insulted my relationship with God. He didn't think that I had any anointing on me until after the relationship. And I love talking about this because that, if it weren't for that breakup, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Wow. So coming into 2015, I was dealing with that breakup on top of losing loved ones. So all of that happened within a span of two weeks. Wow. And I had taken a long time to recover and it was very frustrating. Like he said all of these rude, awful things to me, yet you're still trying to communicate with me. Yeah. Like which one is it? <laughs> so he he is just a confused individual. Exactly. Yeah. He's that's a manipulator. What, that's what manipulators do. Manipulators try to um play both sides of a fence. Um and and it plays with your mind because you don't know if they are you pushing right. me away or are you bringing me closer like am I good enough or am I not good enough you know so so that that's a that's a tough thing to go through especially um, when someone verbally abuses you so so I can imagine but but I think the important thing right and you know again another scripture in Romans you know talking about um, you know all things work uh, for the good of those who love God. Um, who love God and are uh, according to his purpose. Um, yeah. So, so I think, you know, as much as you've gone through, the Lord seems to have kept you and, and worked out these things for your good. And, and again, not like when I go back to that Samuel situation, that, that story in first Samuel and think about the whole thing. First God told mm-hmm. him, don't pay attention to Saul because of his looks. But then when he got to David, they had originally overlooked him because of who he was. And so it's that constant reminder throughout that scripture that God judges the heart. And and I think that's right. such a an important part, not just for you, but for all of us. And look, people don't understand. Like, I want to. OK, <laughs> this might seem uh, <laughs> like somewhere someone didn't think I would go. Um, and it might seem slightly superficial, but I want to stand up for the bald people in here and say this, right? Um, right. People don't understand how hard it is to be bald from a grooming standpoint. 
Now I'm telling you as a guy and like I've been grooming myself for like 15 years or whatever. So, hey, when I had hair, before I started losing my hair, I was fading myself up from the waves to line up when I had braids. I always been grooming myself. And out of all the hairstyles I've had throughout my life, like I'm actually cool with being bald. Um as far as the look, mm-hmm. like I don't mind I don't mind being bald. Like it's it's a different look to me. I've always been a person that changed my hair and whatever. So I'm cool with the look, but what's tough that people don't understand is like maintaining a bald head is literally harder than having hair. Because the toughest thing about being bald is the hair grows back. So, and I know, you know, obviously you're dealing with alopecia, but like you said, your hair still grows back in certain parts. It's almost like, I'm just speaking, I'm speaking for myself on this one, not speaking for you, especially with you as a woman. But for me, it's like, all right, if I'm going to be bald, then just don't grow back. It's the hardest thing to do is to stay bald in two days. Hair, I'm like, come on, cuz. So I'm just curious. Right. For you. <laughs> I'm curious for you as it relates to being a, a bald woman and the grooming side of it. Like, I'm curious. And this could be completely left field because you're a woman and I'm a man. And maybe there's. Um, you seem to be comfortable with it now. Nah, and, and again, that's just seem. I don't want to um, assume anything, but I'm curious. Do you share those sentiments at all about how tough it is to groom a bald head? And I've never really had this conversation with anyone. And I'm only like two years into being bald. So I'm very excited to hear your answer. Wow. That's amazing to hear. It is challenging sometimes to maintain it because there is one particular spot on the back of my head where my hair grows. Like, it's just a small patch. And, in fact, I can feel it coming back in right now because mm-hmm. I just shaved it down a couple nights ago. Right. So I like to keep that patch shaved because it, it itches, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. And it's annoying because it's very tender. Like, I'm speaking for all the black girls when I say this. As a child, I was very tender-headed, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember my mom having to comb my hair because I had naturally curly hair, and she said the last time it grew back, it came back in a different texture. So I wow. had that beautiful Indian hair. Like, it was wavy, naturally curly, uh, baby soft. I had the baby bangs was down in the front, <laughs> and whenever she would get the curl. <laughs> Whenever she would get the curls and the mask out, I remember my head just hurting. I'm like, dang, this is this is rough. Right, right. <laughs> and now, <laughs> and now, when I look at some of these kids today, I definitely feel for them because, as a black community, we thrive on hair. That's a part of our culture. That's a part yeah. of our heritage. And I am all for embracing anything that we have. Uh, now that I'm bald, it's amazing that people are embracing this now versus back in the day because when I was coming up, none of this was accepted. Right. So they've tried shaming me and thinking that I'm just this alien, you know, coming out of no fear. But now it's a piece of cake. I that's, love shaving down dope. my patches. It is amazing. And it's honestly easier. I'd have to say that alopecia is a blessing in disguise because. I don't have to worry about going to the salon, getting my hair done, 
I know that a lot of my girlfriends have complained, oh, I miss going to the salon, oh, yeah, I need now. to get my hair braided. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, and I, that's hilarious. <laughs> Look, not to cut you off, but that's just funny to me because right now with everything shut down, right, I'm like, see, right. I've been grooming myself. I started grooming myself in college because I didn't have money to go to the barbershop. Neither did I have a car. So it was kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, I can learn how to cut hair. You know, and then that turned into me cutting my brother's hair and cutting a couple other people here, here and there. But I was like my brother's barber for years. But now I'm looking like, oh, no, I'm still fresh. My beard is lined up. I'm freshly shaved. Like I groom myself. And so, like you said, it's always good to be able to see the blessing in whatever problem or issues that we have in life, because we all have them. You know what I mean? Like people can easily look at you. And it's like, like I said, some people, especially as a guy, when you lose your hair, it's easy for people to joke about being bald. It's like the easy joke. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. right. it doesn't bother me, mostly because I'm a silly guy. I can really come back on anybody. Like, and half of the time, I don't even come back all the way with the jokes because my joint might be, might cut too deep. Like, you think you done got me. I just always, I've always had jokes, but I never use them against people unless it's in defense. Um, that's always been my, right. like my mindset. Even when I was in school, I never talked about people unless they talked about me. Then it was a, right. a great defense. But my point is like being bald is so interesting because there's more to it than people know. They just think your hair don't grow. It's like, nah, bro, I'm shaving this junk every two days. And then look, I'm going to tell you somewhere else you winning at. Thank you not light skinned. Listen, let me tell you something. Being light skinned, you can see everything that's happening in my head. When the hair growing back, I'm like, you know what? I can almost look and see the follicles just creeping out because I'm light skinned and you can just see anything with my skin. <laughs> um, so shout out mm-hmm. to the dark skinned people. Um, my brother, hey. <laughs> my, my brother Jarrell, he dark skinned. So it's like you can't see it on him the way you see it on me. No, nah, but um, I think it's dope that you found purpose in all this and where I want to go now as we, you know, we can kind of, as, as we kind of wrapping up, we we've gotten through a lot of your story. I'm sure there's a million more things you could say, but I want you now to kind of talk about, you know, all the things you're doing now, because you said it in the beginning. I mean, you listed off a couple of things from a beauty influencer and what I'm very intrigued with is now how you're this spokesperson um, for alopecia and you actually travel doing this. And I really want you to talk a little about that because this show is all about finding your purpose. That's really ultimately what I'm trying to do is help people find their purpose. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we get so engulfed in our problems, similar to how you said earlier, other people get engulfed in our problems where that's all they can see. Well, I feel like so do we. Right. And we sometimes use our problems as excuses. So how do you go from being, um, you know, someone who's, let's call it quote unquote, suffering from alopecia to now this thing Mm -hmm. that you suffer from has given you a platform and now actually represents an opportunity. Um, So how did, how did that happen? And I know in one of your videos, you talk about how you, when you first went to the conference, I don't know what it's called. I'm sorry. I can't remember, but it's the conference, the alopecia where, where you met, met all your bald brothers and sisters and I'm curious about how did that play into helping you become who you are today? If you can remember the seven questions I just asked you in that long uh, response. Okay. Yeah, no problem. 
So going back to 2015, um, that's when everything had really taken off. I was just recovering from that relationship and then dealing with some emotional turmoil regarding my loved ones. So I was really on a journey of finding myself and asking the Lord for direction. So from that point, that's when he introduced me to pageantry because I was looking for ways to go back to college and every other financial option exhausted to me. Mm. So I had initially gotten accepted to Miss Michigan USA, which is a pre pageant for Miss USA. And I was going around town looking for different pageant gowns, you know, to get ideas. And so the dress shop owner had mentioned to me a local pageant that is where I live. She said, have you thought about participating in this program? If not, here's her card. I want you to get a hold of her because I was looking for pageant coaching at the time. Mind you, I did not grow up doing any of this stuff. So once I got a hold of my now former pageant director, I asked her if she could coach me for Miss Michigan. She said yes, but I would also love it if you came out for my pageant. So I heard about it and asked the Lord for direction. He said, do it. So I signed up. And he told me to make alopecia awareness my platform. As I was sitting at home one night, each contestant had to write out a mission statement. had to write out my mission statement. And as I was typing it out, he said, you have a purpose. He sweetly reminded me of that. (laughs) I was so scared because um, I met with a relative of mine and she said, there are still some mean people out here. Are you sure you want to talk about alopecia? I said, yes, I do. Hmm. So as we went throughout the summer, my pageant director had us going around town, excuse me, going around town, and we were talking to different businesses about our platforms and participating in different events. As I was talking about my platform, they were very intrigued on everything that I mentioned to them. So long story short, I became the first African-American alopecia from my hometown to compete at this pageant, placed second runner-up, and that's when the National Alopecia Ariata Foundation had gotten in contact with me. They said, wow. we want you to become a uh, liaison for the state of Michigan. So I am representing Michigan on a major scale also becoming the first African-American with an organization from my hometown to do this. So everything was sealed in 2016. That next summer, my mom and I traveled to the NAF conference, and every election year they hosted in Washington, D.C., because of the bill that they're trying to get passed. It's going to benefit hair loss patients that have wigs covered under Medicaid insurance, Doctors still look at this as a cosmetic disease when in reality it's not. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's been an ongoing battle for years that we've been trying to um, convince all the lawmakers that this is not a cosmetic disease. We cannot help having alopecia. So that summer, my mom and I traveled to D.C., and I remember walking through the hotel lobby the very first day. It was super hot, and it was in July. So as I'm walking through the lobby, I went with this huge wig on my head, 
and just saw all these bald heads walking all throughout the hotel. I'm thinking, this is so weird. (laughs) (laughs) I met with someone uh, later on that evening, and they said, if you've never gone without your wig before, you will by the end of this weekend. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, right, that's not going to happen. So as I'm going throughout the weekend, I'm meeting all these amazing people from across the country and even across the world. I have friends now in London who traveled to D.C. for the conference. So we were having so much fun that weekend. And one night I went back to my room. My mom just looked at me and she said, you're at peace. And any believer knows that when you're at peace about something, Man. That means God is about to bless you. Yep. And he's getting ready to shift. So I didn't even think for one second at how at peace I was because I was having a great time. So I went back downstairs. They had a young adults panel. And the room was filled with over 500 parents. Wow. The conference had well over 500 attendees from across the country. And there were young adults from ages, I believe, 17 or 18 to 25. They were sitting on stage. I discreetly walked in to the ballroom and just sat there. My leg was shaking out of nowhere, and I knew that God was dealing with me. He told me to grab the mic. So they had a mic runner for uh, parents who had questions. And the mic runner is now one of my very good friends. <laughs> I, I sat there and shared, right? <laughs> and I am so grateful for him because his amount of strength is amazing. But I sat there and shared my testimony. And I just encouraged the parents. I said, you are not alone. And that is going to be all right. So after I got done speaking, I received an overwhelming amount of applause. And the panel even looked at me. They said, wow, we we don't even know how to bounce back from what you just shared. Thank you for doing that because you touched a lot of parents in this room. My mom was still upstairs at the time, and I wish she was down there. I know. She missed it. I needed to be. I know, right? (laughs) But I needed to be by myself at that moment for that that to happen because that was my first time ever sharing my story, ever in front of people, period. And so after I got I got it. Right. Right. I needed that moment. And after I got done, I received so many thank yous. Parents coming to me with tears, saying, You have no idea of how much you've helped me in caring for my child because of your story. Now I can go throughout this journey a lot easier. Wow. And my mom came downstairs shortly after that, and everyone was just hugging her and saying thank you and everything. Like, it was just an amazing event. And I've made so many friends from that point. And so, but what wrote. No, no, okay, go ahead. Well, no, no, you finished. Finish that. No, you got it. Oh, no, I was just saying um, what really happened that weekend was on Sunday. That was the close of the conference. And this picture that I took, in fact, my good friend from New York took this picture for me. She's a photographer. And I had on my what is alopecia black t-shirt. 
they have vendors throughout this conference. So people with um, different wigs or they have like a t-shirt line or they have something that's going to benefit the alopecia community, they encourage vendors to come and sell their products. So I wore my What is Alopecia t-shirt with some black shorts and some heels because I was asked to help aid the makeup conference that was happening downstairs. And with me being a makeup artist, we have to wear all black. So if you are in the beauty community listening to this, you know that our universal dress code is black from head to toe. <laughs> so I wore I all black on this day. Yes, so that is a professional code. If you work within the beauty industry, you have to wear all black. It's just a sign of professionalism and letting everyone know that you are serious about your job. Makes sense. So I wore all black on that day, and I met two beautiful chocolate baby girls with alopecia, and they looked so beautiful. One of them reminded me so much of myself when I was her age. She had this chocolate bald head like me, her mini hoop earrings, like she was just adorable. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the conference, I definitely exchanged some numbers and got everyone's contact information for social media. I was contemplating on posting this picture. My mom and I were driving back. I remember we had just crossed the Ohio border. And as I was writing out my caption for Facebook, I was very scared because I didn't know how people were going to respond. I yeah. started getting all these flashbacks of how people treated me over the years. So once I posted the picture, I received 100 likes within 15 minutes. Wow. And then as I kept refreshing the page, the likes kept growing. And I started getting friend requests, all types of comments, messages. If this poured over, for about two weeks and I kept getting shares. Like it was so overwhelming. It took a long time for me to to respond back to everyone. So everyone kept saying, thank you, Ebony, for your transparency. And here's the rewarding part about this, Will. People from my childhood, my classmates apologized to me. Oh, that's crazy. And I was just... That let me listen. What I like about that, right? Here's what I like about that. You know, Mm -hmm. you you really walked us through just eloquently your entire story, and it's like a a vivid picture painted for you for that for for God to allow that for you. I know is a big deal, and because a lot of times in life we don't always get that. You know what I mean? Right. And it's not. You know, it's up to the Lord to allow that or not. So it's not like we uh, deserve it or we have to always get it. You know, sometimes it's just a matter of, hey, follow me. Don't worry about whatever's going on. But for the Lord to mm-hmm. allow you that, I know that that had to give you some peace, even more greater peace than than you had already experienced. And it's a it's a beautiful story about purpose because. Yes. All that stuff that used to hold you back, now God is allowing you to travel. You're you're doing things in your community that has never been done before by someone mm-hmm. like you. And, and I really believe that it's not over yet. You know what I mean? God is still, 
you're still young. God is still blessing. God is still growing you. So I just even want to encourage you, like, continue to grow in the Lord and continue to develop what the foundation of who you are is clear to me. I don't even know you that well, but it's clear to me what the foundation of who you are is. And I truly believe that with people like you, if you keep building that foundation and grooming that, all Mm -hmm. this other stuff, just like God has already shown you, because in your story, what I'm hearing is a person who was never chasing the things like you were never chasing those things. When you, when you stood up and told your story in front of all those people, you were standing up to tell a story similar to what we're doing here today, literally to inspire God's people, literally to help someone. And so just keep doing that. Like when I see people like you, I'm so, I'm so serious right now. Thank you. When I see people Thank like you, you so you're welcome. My, but my first thought is like, Ooh, Lord, just, I'm gonna be praying for you. My, my first thought is like, Lord, don't let her lose that. Because if you keep that, wow. God is going to keep doing what he does and opening the doors that need to be open, but also closing mm-hmm. the doors that need to be shut. And I think that's important for people yes. like myself, yourself, right? We are, creative, we're talented, you're smart, and you need the Lord. Like, I need God telling me, all right, close that door, God. I don't need to go over there. All right, open that one. So I just pray that that happens for you. I want to do one more thing before we get out of here. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I want to, all right, so I was watching one of your videos. It was bad girl, I mean, bald girl problem, sorry. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I like that. I like some of the things you said in there. It was kind of fun. I, I felt like it was a fun video. So what I want to do before we go is I'm I'm changing the title. I'm changing it from bald girl problems to confessions of a bald girl. But I want you to give us like three fun things, kind of lighthearted things. I mean, they could be serious. All of it is serious, but you, I think you get what I'm saying. Like right. three things that people don't necessarily know. Like, you know, confess to us what you like, what you don't like, what what. Well, people, people, something that people do that's dumb, you know, like people, we're just people <laughs> and we don't always know. So if you could just enlighten us before you go. And then after that, just hit us with all of your social media, YouTube, um, Instagram, and however people can get in contact with you and uh, follow and, and keep up with what you're doing. I love that. Uh, over the years, I have definitely developed some pet peeves that people display regarding my condition so one thing that i do not like is when people stare that is with every alopecia and they're going to tell you please do not stare at me i've had so many just looks like they're literally gawking and i would just smile and and just say hello like they're now, at a museum I, right like <laughs> they're at a museum and listen i may be a sweetheart but sometimes i can be savage and I know that is not scripture, but not people have, <laughs> but people can be very rude. Yeah. And having alopecia, I've developed some tough skin, especially since I'm from the hood, born and raised. Right. You gotta have some tough skin. You gotta be able to survive. So, I'm not mad at all. Exactly. So I have definitely been at a place where I'm just like, you know what? If you have a question, just ask me. Don't right. don't stare. Don't be rude. 
Um, don't whisper to your friends. Have the side conversations. Like, I understand some people can be intrigued because they're unsure of how they want to approach you. Some are right. afraid to approach you because they're scared of what they're scared of offending you. So I definitely understand it from that aspect. But for the benefit of people who are bald, period, whether you have alopecia or if you have cancer, lupus, whatever the scenario is, don't stare at us. Right. <laughs> um, or if it's just genetic. Thing, Stay yeah. out of my business. No, I'm just playing. But yeah, ser- I mean, that's serious. I'm joking, but for real, like, stop looking at people. All right, so that's number one. Number one is don't stare. Okay, What what is your uh, second confession of a bald girl? My second confession, I would have to say, if you are intrigued, please ask questions. Like, feel free to, like, I'm an open book. I am very transparent, and that's important especially as believers when it comes to testifying transparency is key and you'll never know whose life you're going to impact so it's important that you are real with yourself and you're also glorifying god in the process because so many people have come up to me and said ebony i did not know you had alopecia and i'm experiencing some ball patches right now so, or I know someone who has alopecia and I don't know how to help them. Can you give me some advice? I am more than happy to answer questions for people. So, um, if you are that intrigued, please okay. feel free to hit me up or you can go online. There's plenty of health pages that support alopecia and giving the proper definition of what it is, the breakdown of each different category of alopecia and how you can assist a person or if you have it yourself. But yeah, definitely ask questions. I'm very open for that. Okay. So don't stare, but if you are Mm -hmm. intrigued, ask questions. And I'm sure, you know, we're going to use common sense, everybody out there. It's a way to ask questions to people. So cool. So what is this last one? What, What else do you have for us? The third confession of a bald girl. The third confession of a bald girl, I'd have to say there are hidden blessings in this because alopecia comes with versatility. I've discovered this over the years because as women, especially as black women, we love to switch up our hairstyles. We love um, exploring with different colors, different textures of hair, and there are a plethora of full lace front wigs out there for us to to try out. Like, I remember over the years, it was very difficult for me to find something that looked natural because all the wigs that were on the market did not fit me. That's why my mom had to make my wigs. But I am very glad that it's gotten better over time. So I love the fact that we're able to switch up our style so I can be bald one day and put on a wig the next. Right. Now that people are used to seeing me bald, they say it's really weird for me to see you with hair on now because, you know, mm-hmm. we're we're used to seeing you like this now. And, and it's cool because sometimes I like to throw people off, yeah. but it's, it's fun. <laughs> and that, that's all, that's like really a compliment, right? Because you go your, most of your life trying to cover this up and being uncomfortable with people seeing you a certain way. And then it changes to where people prefer to see you in your natural look. But like you said, it gives you 
that flexibility to switch it up. Like you, and look, I love like ultimately, um, you know, first of all, just thank you for the complete transparency. And I really believe this story is going to help a lot of people, but I really love and thank God for your ability to see the silver lining in these things. And I'm, I know it hasn't always been that way. And I hope that Mm -hmm. this will touch, you know, um, as many people as God will allow. So before we go, if you could just tell um, the people, how can they find you, whether they want to find you on Instagram or, you know, YouTube, whatever, whatever you're pushing, wherever you put out your content, uh, tell them how to find you. You can definitely find me on Instagram. I have two underscores before my name. So it's underscore, underscore, Ebony Jean. It's E-B-O-N-Y-J-E-A-N, like Blue Jean. And then you can also find me on YouTube, Ebony Jean. I have a Facebook page. Like, my name is Ebony Jean all across the border. Uh, You can definitely follow me on my journey. And for my young people out there, if you have TikTok, definitely add me. I am Ebony Jean 90. In fact, one of my videos just went viral. Like, it hit over 10,000 likes. And that is wow. the first time I've ever gotten that amount of likes on anything nice. on social media. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. Like, it's so much fun, but it's also bringing awareness to young people, let alone young black kids, because a lot of times parents don't take the time to educate their children on the different conditions that people have. And that's another thing, I, if, I, if I'm okay to go here, Oh, go ahead. Um, for some of my final words. Okay. Yeah, um, take the floor for thing, whatever the last things you want to say. Definitely the floor is yours. Okay. I love the fact that people are embracing my alopecia now, as well as people all over the country. There are 6.8 million of us. And nine times out of 10, you probably have come across someone with alopecia. You just didn't know it. So do not assume that they have cancer. Don't assume that they're sick. If you can immediately identify that they have alopecia, don't put them on the spot, but kindly, discreetly ask them, like, just say, is it okay for me to ask you this question? Do you have alopecia? And in fact, people at work have asked if I have alopecia. Some of them already knew about the condition, but others I've had to educate. So I love educating others. That is my job as liaison is to educate the general public. Yeah. Um, I really want to encourage parents to talk to their kids about alopecia because they are going to come across a child in their class one day who's bald, whether they're a boy or a girl, wearing a wig or a hat. Teach your children not to laugh at them. Teach them not to stare, not to bully. And I am all about anti-bullying. That is so important. I come from a generation where we started social media so um, back then, we didn't have Snapchat. I, in fact, I remember when Instagram and Snapchat came out. Like, for, for Instagram, mm-hmm. you had to solely be an Apple iPhone user before Android decided to that. join partnership. Yep. So it's, it's been crazy to see how technology has evolved over the years. But I definitely feel for the children in this generation because a lot of them use the Internet to bully and harass other kids. Yeah, and it's, that's it's where... different. It's a different... Yes. It's, it's different. Go ahead. Yeah, I just... It's just different. Oh, and it's fine. new. It's definitely different. 
it's yeah. new. So like to your point, parents have to teach their kids just the same way you have to teach your kids how to act in school or where act in the right. store, right? We all know like, Hey, don't touch nothing in the store. You teach them. Um, but social media is so new. And I think one of the issues is that parents just so often give their kids their phone or tablet and let them go in their room or away from any type of authority or accountability and kids go mm-hmm. into that world and they just do, you know, what any of us would have did, maybe people did like you experienced it in class. Right. Um, right. But there was a teacher there that was at least supposed to be governing, governing the situation. When you allow your kids mm-hmm. just to be on their phones and on social media, they are tapped into the matrix and they have no adult um, supervision. And that's just dangerous to so know. Um, most definitely, I think that's important. So, look, I appreciate you taking the time today to have this conversation. And, man, I, I hope that, you know, everyone who hears this is blessed. And I hope that you continue to uh, grow in everything that you're doing and definitely, um, you know, keep us up to speed when the show is on um, InspireGuysPeople.com and Apple Podcasts and everywhere else. If people look in the descriptions, I will make sure that I put your Instagram names and things like that so that people can find you um, and also okay. tag you on uh, social media in some of the posting. I encourage people out there to share the post, to listen to the show. And Ebony, Jean, thank you absolutely so much uh, for jumping on the show. This was amazing. Um, I enjoyed it. I took some things away from the show. And I'll definitely keep you in your prayer and my prayers. And please keep me and this show in yours. You got it. It was an honor sharing my testimony. Thank you so much for having me, Will. Like, I truly appreciate everyone embracing me and supporting me throughout this this venture. I'm still growing over the, the period of time that God has given to me. And I'm, I just know that it's a process. So if you have alopecia listening to this, you're not alone. If you need someone to talk to, please feel free to hit me up on social media. But Will, thank you for all that you do. I will keep you in my prayers. Thank you for this podcast and for taking the time out to hear me today. All right. All right. Well, you have a good one. I will definitely be in touch and, you know, be safe out here in this crazy world. All right. Yes, you too. Thank <laughs> you so much. All right. See you. <laughs> okay. See you. God's people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoy what you heard, please do stop over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to the show. You can just even Google Inspire God's People and enjoy every show all the way back to our first episode. And please do not forget to tell a friend. We love you. Inspire God's People. Inspire God's People. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, it ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we're swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. 
Create for the creator when I'm in my own world I surf below the surface, it's layers to my purpose Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world